Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, we continue our ride guide series with Storybook Circus. Find all episodes of this podcast anywhere you find podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review. If you'd like to support the podcast, check us out on patreon.com slash Disney Deciphered, where we receive bonus content. You can also find us on YouTube now, youtube.com slash at Disney Deciphered. Please like and subscribe there. If you'd like to support the podcast at no cost to you, you can use me as your travel agent. Get started by emailing josephchung at travelmation.net. If you have any questions, email us disneydeciphered at gmail.com, tweet at us at www.deciphered on Twitter, or find us on Facebook and Instagram, Disney Deciphered. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As the Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes. And welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So it's been a couple of months since we did a ride guide, and we thought we would do a family-specific, young-child-specific ride guide. So today we are going to be headed back to New Fantasyland Expansion. I think it's one of the original ride guides we did with Seven Dwarfs Mine Train and stuff like that. But we're going to go to Storybook Circus and take a look at two of our favorite rides. Well, Actually, one of them I do really enjoy, but Dumbo and Barnstormer, we're going to take it to where the kids go. Leslie, classic Dumbo and classic question mark Barnstormer. Punchline Barnstormer. So <laughs> no comment, I guess, about Barnstormer, but we're going to comment on it today. Uh, it's always the punchline. So we'll, so we'll dive a little deeper today. We'll give it its due. Yeah, and just as a reminder for the ride guide, we just kind of break down the attractions, talk to you about how to minimize your wait time there, and then give it a ranking in the Japanese tradition of S-tier ranking being the top and F being the bottom with A through D in the middle. All right, let's get started with the Barnstormer, Leslie. Tell us a little bit about the history of it, since we already said that it's at Storybook Circus in Magic Kingdom, which is at the far back right corner of the park, although the train does go there now. But tell us about the Barnstormer. Sure. So it originally opened October 1st of 1996, and it was in Mickey's Toontown Fair. And it was originally called the Barnstormer at Goofy's Wise Acre Farm. So similar idea. And then it was ultimately rethemed in 2012 to be the Barnstormer featuring Goofy the Great Goofdini. Goofini. Oh, that's hard to say. So <laughs> this was part of the new Fantasyland revision. So it got a little bit of a theme to fit into that Storybook Circus area. It has a high requirement, but it's pretty tame at 35 inches. Most kids are not going to have problem going on that. You know, even four-year-olds can be 35 inches. And the premise from Disney is take flight above Storybook Circus with Goofy in a homemade stunt airplane for a thrilling junior roller coaster ride. And the the operative word there is junior. I mean, this roller coaster is really designed to be an intro to roller coasters for kids. I will say that even though we're hating on it so much, I do really like the theming of the Barnstormer. I guess it's like Goofy in his stunt plane, like the front car has actually a propeller that moves and, you know, it's, it's like a stunt plane and he's flying around. So I, I do, I do like the theming that that's not the problem that I have with the ride. I don't know. What do you think when you see it? Yeah, I mean, the theming fits into Storybook Circus. I mean, it's obviously reminiscent as well of uh, Goofy Sky School, or maybe Goofy Sky School is reminiscent of uh, the Barnstormer. I don't remember which one came first. So, I mean, obviously, this one came first a long, long time ago, but the re-theme itself. So, um, 
Yeah, I mean, the theming fits fits well, but it's such, such a short ride. I don't even remember how many seconds it is, but like well under a minute, right, Joe? I think I clocked it at 35 seconds, including the incline, the, you know, the going up at the beginning. So it's pretty brutal. And that, you know, because of that, I think what really hurts this attraction is in some ways it's like a local fair type roller coaster and the fact that it just loads so slowly really they can only run like 300 to 350 people per hour on this thing and that is with it running every 30 seconds but with a track that is that short like you can only have two trains on it basically and which is why it loads so slowly and then i think what compounds that issue is that i found that the queue does not have very much shade so if you're in the standby line uh, there are i guess you know, I'm trying to imagine, I think they are like themed as wings. I, I can't totally remember, but there are like shade, I guess, platforms that are supposed to give you shade, but depending on the way the sun's hitting, you know, it's one of those things where like, it's maybe not hitting the way you want it to be. And so it can be pretty brutal in that line, at least in my experience, especially uh, in the mid afternoon, I think I recall feeling very hot in that line. And because it's such a short roller coaster, the last part where you're in the shade, where you're like covered, that's very short. And so uh, overall, the queue experience, it's just not a, it's not pleasant. And then when you only get to ride for like 35 seconds after that, uh, it just does not feel great. So tell us about this 35 second ride. I think, you know, can you do it in less than 35 seconds? Uh, your explanation might be a little bit longer than the ride. That's fair. That's fair. So like you already mentioned, guest board, one of two trains, each train seats 16 riders. So there's your super low capacity right there. You go up a chain lift hill to a height of about 30 feet. And then you have twist turns, couple little, little thrills there in the roller coaster. And then of course, the sudden stop of all junior roller coasters. So uh, in terms of speed, 25 miles per hour. So this is pretty, pretty, pretty low key in terms of the ride itself. But like you say, it's in terms of the ride track, it's like any not memorable junior roller coaster. Like there's nothing special about it. Like you get with Slinky Dog Dash or something like that, where there's like a signature moment in the coaster. Yeah, actually, to me, the signature moment of the coaster is the coaster bursts through like a sign as if, you know, the plane like flies through a sign and breaks it open and you go through. The problem is you kind of don't notice that when you're on the coaster itself. It looks really cool from the outside because you see the sign and that's like the great Goofini or whatever. And then the train comes through the sign. It's a great visual if you're watching. But when you're on the attraction itself, uh, you don't feel it. Although, again... And let's get to this. It's really to introduce younger children to coasters. And for them, it is super thrilling. And at the age of four, you're probably not like looking at theming and stuff like that and uh, getting too into too into the weeds nerd wise. And so that is really who this attraction is for. I mean, pretty much anyone can ride it, even someone who like hates roller coasters. You're only on there for 30 seconds. You're only moving for like 10 to 15 seconds. So Anyone can do it, but really this attraction is built for the youngest of children who have not done a roller coaster yet, or maybe who enjoy roller coasters, but you don't want to wait in line for Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, or you want to go on a roller coaster over and over again at the end of a night. This is who that attraction is for. You know, I really feel like it, and in some senses, you have to grade it on a curve because it is not for you if you're listening to this, most likely, unless you are a four-year-old downloading us on Apple Podcasts or checking us out on youtube.com slash at Disney Deciphered. We're on YouTube now, so like and subscribe, please. But really, 
it's not for you. It's not for us as the parents. It's really for our kids um, when they're at a very young age, which makes me feel bad. But, you know, I feel like who this attraction is not for is like everybody. I don't know. What would you say? It, it works for almost everybody in terms, but it's also, like you say, not a winner for anybody. It's really just a test. A test seat is what it is for your four-year-olds. But that said, I mean, we essentially skipped it in my family. Like I have to say, like we did because my son really wasn't ready for the thrills at like three and four. So he wasn't even ready for this test. And by the time he was ready for something like a little more thrilling, this was almost too babyish. So that's something I think you have to keep in mind. Like we kind of, we kind of skipped this one. Yeah, I think it's like a slinky dog is like 38 inches. And so it's like maybe if you're just right in that area, you'll do this before slinky dog. Or if you don't want to wait for slinky dog or, or, you know, if you're into the Magic Kingdom or whatever. But I wouldn't say that Seven Dwarfs Mine Train is much more intense than, uh, but it is longer. Uh, But it also has that break in the middle. All right. So let's talk about how to get on this attraction. Genie Plus, individual lightning lane wise. I mean, it's not individual lightning lane. Wow. (laughs) That would be insane. For Genie Plus, you can pretty much get it whenever and fit it into your day. I looked at the last two months of Thrill Data. Thrilldata.com is a great website to look at these wait times and things like that. And basically, Genie Plus was, you know, you could just get Genie Plus for like half an hour later throughout the day. So you can pick up Genie Plus whenever you want. If you're going to use Genie Plus, I would suggest using it later during the day when the standby line does build because Leslie, you know, when are the best, like all attractions, when are the best times to ride this standby? This is definitely early or late. It's so far back in the back of the park that people don't make their way there very quickly. So it takes a while for the line to build in the morning. So you can definitely hit a couple of other attractions first and then make your way back there and find a short standby line. Or if you're have a kid that who can stay up super late, then you can ride it late at night as well, because the, the crowd this appeals to is not is not up after dark. Yeah. And then another thing to like play by ear, this is an attraction that when it rains, the younger your kids are, the less likely you are to wait things out. So a lot of the younger kids just are gone if there's like that three, four o'clock thunderstorm. And so on days like that, even if you're there at 630, uh, there could be very little to no standby line. I think it bears a little bit of discussion to think about. I think this is one of the attractions where if you have a kid at a certain age and a certain mindset, they're going to want to ride it multiple times. And I think this is one of the attractions where if I see the standby line is like less than 10 minutes, you know, I'll let them ride a couple times. I'll go with them. Or, you know, even my, at the time, 10 and seven year old, uh, when they went or nine and seven at the time, they were, you know, they're like, oh, it's a short line. You know, we'll get 15 seconds of thrills out of it. And that's one of the first attractions, roller coasters, where I was like, all right, just go. I'll wait for you at the exit. And, you know, it's pretty perfect because you can see like all the way. You can see them at the top of the queue from where you stand. And then you can see them on the ride. And then you, there's only one exit. In the same sense that it is a chance for little kids to get their chance to do the first roller coaster, it's also a chance for bigger kids to do the first roller coaster by themselves. Yeah, that's a totally fair point. So, You've got two who can pair off and go do these things now. So um, if you've got kids of similar ages and interests, this is this is a great a great test for that as well, for that independence. Back to that episode we did about when you yes. let your kids go free at Disney. Yes. Reminder, seven years old is the age where they can ride by themselves or with their older sibling. Um, anyone less than seven has got to ride with someone, I think, 13 or 14 and above. Um, so basically an adult. 
All right, let's get to the tier ranking, Leslie. Uh, will this be our lowest tier ranking yet? Let's see. Yeah, I'm going to give it a D. I mean, I'm not going to give it an F. I don't know if I'll give anything an F, um, famous last words, but it's, it's not great. The, the lines, certain parts of day can be far too long for what this attraction returns. Um, it has a limited window when it appeals to a lot of kids, if at all. Um, in the case of my youngest, it just didn't really ever, ever hit for him. So it is not a ride that I do very often. And it's been years probably since I've been on it. And it probably will be years again until I go on it again, unless I seek it out purposefully for like we did with Monsters Inc. Inc. Laugh Floor, just for for the listeners, for the listeners. What about yeah, you, so Jeff? After, after, yeah, after we get hate mail for giving it a D tier, we'll, we'll go on it again, uh, just for the listeners. Yeah, I think it's a D for me as well. It's just as a 43-year-old middle-aged adult, like I have no interest on going on this attraction unless I'm doing, you know, some uh, parkeology trying to ride all the attractions in the park thing. Or if I'm rope dropping and just trying to like build my numbers and be like, Hey, I went on 12 attractions in four hours or whatever. I'm not going on this willingly at all. And in fact, once my youngest outgrows it or gets old enough that she can go on her own, I don't think I'll be riding it again. That being said, the huge caveat is, again, if your kids are in that very small sliver of time, and that's the tricky thing with Walt Disney World, right? You're planning your once-in-a-lifetime or twice-in-a-lifetime trip. Your kids might not be there during that very small sliver of time. But if they are there during that small sliver of time, it is an S-tier attraction for the kids at that perfect time. So, you know, Broken Clock is right twice a day. Barnstormer is an S-tier attraction, you know, twice a lifetime. Probably something like that. I don't know. That's my <laughs> so, analogy there. It worked. It worked. All right, Joe, let's turn to the more popular attraction in Storybook Circus, Dumbo the Flying Elephant. So why don't you give us a little bit of the history of this ride? Yeah, so it opened up with the original park in 1971. And it's one of the attractions at all six Disney parks around the world. It is one of the attractions that you think of when you think of Disney. You're just sitting in a flying elephant. You're going on a normal aerial carousel ride, but it is themed to Dumbo, the 1941 film, slightly problematic now film, that is a classic for Disney. So it's a classic ride. It's what you think of when you think of Disney theme parks. And it was updated with New Fantasyland uh, also in 2012 to have two carousels instead of one, which makes a huge difference, right, Leslie? Because in Disneyland, the lines for Dumbo can get pretty out of control, whereas at Disney World both because of this two carousel thing, but also because of something they've added to the queue. It is a lot more manageable ride-wise, line-wise. Yeah, yeah, that's totally right. Having double the capacity at Disney World. I don't think any other park in the world has two carousels, That, if I'm remembering correctly. So, so you just get a lot more throughput um, on the attraction. And I actually end up sometimes doing the ride more often at Disney World than I do at Disneyland because it's much less effort to get onto it. So um, really quickly, height requirement for this attraction is none. So this is one you can take babies and, and talk on. It's a great ride sort of for like grandparents to do with kids, things like that. So the premise of the ride straight from Disney is soar high in the sky and see an elephant fly on a whimsical flight aboard Dumbo. So they got the line in from the famous song when I see an elephant fly. All right. Why don't you walk us through the queue, Joe? 
Yes. So uh, the queue is almost completely covered. You go in and you actually, there is one entrance, but you go into the circus tent. And one of the big updates that they had with New Fantasyland is that when you go inside the circus tent, that's not just theming and cardboard back there. I mean, maybe it is made out of cardboard. I don't know. Well, I mean, maybe the set is made out of cardboard, I should say, uh, the outside. But inside, when you go in the circus tent, there is a huge interactive playground that is part of the queue. So the way it works is that if the interactive queue playground is open, which is generally open during the middle of the day, like if you rope drop Dumbo, it's not going to be open. And towards the end of the night, it's not going to be open. But during the busy parts of the day, it's open. And so when you get to that, so you go through the queue a little bit, maybe 10 minutes if it's if it's bad out. I guess. Um, and then you get to the playground and they let you go in there and they give you a pager and it's like waiting at a restaurant. You go play. And then when your pager goes off, you get back in the queue and then it's another five minutes before you go on the attraction itself. I think for a lot of kids, the playground, like that is as good as the attraction itself. Like you go on the ride just for, you know, nostalgia purposes and, you know, it's a fun ride and it's fun to ride an elephant, but that playground is a ton of fun, a lot of stuff to do, a lot of surprises, a lot of nooks and crannies for kids to look for. And, and it's even like broken down by age. I mean, not everyone always follows the age, the age recommendations, but you know, there are different areas for bigger kids, smaller kids. And yeah, it's just a lot of fun and it's a great addition. I mean, this interactive queue really makes waiting for Dumbo, which used to be a real chore. I mean, how high can it get into Disneyland these days? Uh, it just makes it a lot better. Yeah, for sure. I mean, at Disneyland, I don't get in it if it's more than about 20 minutes, but I, I see it at 45 fairly fairly regularly. And yeah, the queue at, at Disney World is game-changing, having that play area. My kids did not want to leave to ride the ride. They wanted to stay in the play area. So that, that is the challenge. You have to be really careful, actually, with like toddlers, especially who like aren't really understanding what's going on. Like they just want to play and you're ripping them away from the playground. <laughs> so something to keep in mind. But yeah, I mean, it's 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 a great little play area. I will say it's a little bit hard to see younger kids in certain places. Like, you know, there's there's some places where they disappear. You know, you may have to herd your children a little bit based upon their age and activity level. Yeah, there's that like purple black light lighting in some areas, which makes it hard to see uh, where the kids are, but definitely for older kids. And, you know, sometimes when the interactive queue is open, but the line isn't long, kids will just stop off and just go and like, they won't even give you a pager. They'll just be like, just get back in line whenever you're ready to go. Typically, that's close to when they end up closing the queue, but the playground, I guess, but still, uh, that's good to know. Now, because of the double carousel, you know, the ride capacity is a lot higher now. It's like close to a thousand people per hour. And like we said, it's an aerial carousel style ride, just a classic ride that you'd see at any amusement park, except for your riding in flying elephants of different colors with cute little hats. Fun fact, Leslie, Disney World is the only one that runs clockwise. The rest uh, of the Dumbos around the world run counterclockwise. Just putting that in there for you. And really this attraction is for nearly everyone. I mean, when you think of Disney, like if you didn't ride on Dumbo, like what is touring plans used to have, or they still have a touring plan called like Dumbo or die or something like that. Uh, I'll look it up while you're uh, saying your thoughts. Uh, yeah. I feel like you, you got to go on Dumbo at least once. I'm um, just, just for nostalgia purposes. 
Yeah, I agree. This is really an attraction for everybody. Everybody, like I said, this is one, you know, the, the kids and the grandparents are cute to ride together. Big kids, little kids all enjoy this. And I mean, I guess if there's anybody who might not like this attraction, maybe if you have issues with like severe dizziness, like just going around in a circle, like maybe, but like, then that takes a lot of Disney attractions off the table for you. So maybe this is not where you're vacationing. So it really is almost for everybody. Did you find anything, Joe? (laughs) Yeah, it is called Dumbo or Die. Not because Dumbo is like the, it's not the linchpin of the entire touring plan, but it is a touring plan designed to give a young child like the greatest day attraction wise of their entire life. Very clever by the touring plans folks name. You know, I haven't forgotten it. And, you know, I saw that. I mean, I used a version of that Dumbo or Die touring plan like the first time I took my kids when the youngest was not born, actually, and the oldest was still like five years old. So four or five years old. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun. All right. I think that is it. Genie Plus, same as Barnstormer. You can more or less, unless it's like a super busy day. I actually was looking back again on thrilldata.com. And that week that I went, that was President's Week slash Mardi Gras. Like that was the busiest day of the year. Dumbo got up to like 50 minutes for a standby. And that was like the only, one of the few days where it was tough to get Genie Plus. But in general, on your average day at Walt Disney World, you're going to be able to get Genie Plus Lightning Lane return time. That's half an hour an hour at most into the future. So you can pretty much get your Genie Plus whenever you want. And then standby line strategies, it's the same as the Barnstormer mostly, but because of the interactive queue, it makes it much more palatable to just go in the middle of the day, even if it says that it's a 30-minute wait or even a 40-minute wait. Like once you get into the playground, you're just waiting and playing. So that's totally fine. And then the other thing is the lines drop much faster just because of the double carousel thing. You know, you can get as long as both carousels are running by five, six, seven PM. Sometimes it's just a 10, 15 minute wait. It is pretty fast. So really great attraction. And because of this double carousel thing and the queue, it really has made it. I think Dumbo used to be painful to go on. Like you felt like you had to go on it, but it was, you know, like Disneyland. Like I would not want to wait 45 minutes to go on a carousel ride for like 60 seconds, but with all these improvements, it's made it a lot better. So let's get to our tier ranking. Leslie, where do you got this classic? Where's the hate Ooh. mail coming from? Ooh, this is really hard. Uh, I mean, I'm giving it a B. In terms of the attraction itself, it's nothing memorable. Like you say, there's thousand types of attractions that are just like this at any carnival or state fair or other amusement park. But the theming and the fact that this is the classic Disney movie raises it up quite a bit, in my opinion. And the interactive queue edition raises it up as well. So, I mean, I always do it, but is it like the most memorable part of my Disney day? No, but I'm always happy I did it. What about you? Yeah, I think it's going to be an A-tier attraction for me. It's classic enough. And I think if I had to wait for it, it would drop it to a B. But just because like, I know that I can pretty much ride it, especially like at night, I can ride it with like a 10-minute wait on most days at Disney World. And I love riding Dumbo at night. Like The castle's lit up. You get a really nice view. You know, On Dumbo, I typically just pull the lever and make myself go all the way to the highest possible height. And then I just take in the views of the Magic Kingdom from up there. And I just really enjoy it. 
It's another one of those attractions that's not too hard to get on during the fireworks as well. So that is a decent way to uh, watch the fireworks. I, I really like it. So I will give it an A tier. Not nothing special, but just classic Disney. And, you know, no, I feel like no trip. I've already said this to uh, Disney is complete without it, even if you don't really care about the ride too much. Fair enough. All right, Joe. Well, let's close this ride guide out with our traditional Disney do or don't. What do you have for us? My Disney do is, I guess, a third attraction in a sense. Uh, just a reminder, Disney do take the Walt Disney World Railroad to Storybook Circus because the there is a station right there. And from that Storybook Circus station back to Main Street, you get to go through Tomorrowland and go under Tron. And it's a, a lot of fun. So, you know, I really enjoy taking the train. So basically, Disney do do take the train to the Storybook Circus. It's a lot of fun and you'll get a third attraction in there as well. Um, hopefully, you don't have to wait too long in line. I think it's 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 not too bad, you know, but I don't mind waiting for the train. You know, it's just a uh, part of American life waiting for the train. Tale as old as time. Yes. Uh, Enchanted Tales with Belle, not on this week's ride guide uh, or attraction guide. That would be for Enchanted Tales with Belle. But anyway, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. I do want to say one more time, if you do have young kids, really check out Storybook Circus. Uh, the whole entire area besides the train. Also, you can meet characters at Pete's Silly Sideshow. Just a great area to be in. When it's really hot, uh, there's a water play area there as well. So that just whole entire section, really well themed, really well designed for kids. And you can ride the barnstormer and Dumbo while you're at it. So check it out. All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening. We really appreciate it. And of course, as always, Leslie, thank you for taking the time to talk to me. I forgot to do the plug. So we'll do that really quickly. Check us out. Disney deciphered at gmail.com at WW deciphered on Twitter or on Instagram at Disney Decipher. Check Leslie out, tripswithtikes.com, at tripswithtikes, all of our social media. Myself at As the Joe Flies, all of our social media. And other than all that, Leslie, thank you for taking the time to talk to me for a second time. And I will see you really debating whether to give Barnstormer an F or not. Thanks, Joe.